Welcome to the Launch University Podcast, turning good intentions into reality in your career, business, and life. Here's your host, David Farmer. Launch University listeners, this is David Farmer, and I am joined by Shane Benson. Hey, Shane. Hey, buddy. How are you? I'm doing great, and we are just so honored that you've chosen to take the time to join us for this podcast. Uh, As we record this, it is the middle of October, and Shane and I are in Atlanta at the Georgia International Convention Center, which is where we spent a lot of time this month. We have spent a lot of time here. It's awesome. As many of you know, Shane and I work with Chick-fil-A, and this happens to be a place where we were bringing all of our Chick-fil-A franchisees in in six waves uh, for a series of three-day meetings. And Shane is a superstar at these meetings. He's looking at me. He's, he wants yeah, to slap me right now. <laughs> but he, Maybe we can edit that part out. <laughs> uh, no. Just live it, man. I'm, uh, um, uh, there's a lot that goes on here. Um, but uh, Shane gives a big talk at the end. And I'm like, Shane, let's take that talk and let's share it. And uh, so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to unpack your talk in a little different format um, and just share it with all our listeners because I thought this is awesome. So uh, tell us, what have you been sharing with all the Chick-fil-A franchisees at our uh, planning meetings? Well, um, and without giving away any secrets, um, I think there's no secret in leadership principle. I mean, uh, we all need that. And as leaders, we're all, lo- we're all looking for ways and opportunities and uh, tips and tricks to help us uh, continue to lead people and to create influence. And so um, we've had this great experience with many of our franchisees to just dive into strong leadership principles and ideas uh, that are going to help us be better leaders in the future. And so one of the things we're doing is we're getting everybody together to spend a lot of time unpacking what's going to happen in 2020. And I think sometimes as leaders, as, as important as it is to think about next year, it's just as important to think about the leader that you're going to need to be five years from now. So it's kind of this really interesting tension. You've got to be really good right now. And at the same time, you've got to be working on being really good for the future. And so uh, in, in the spirit of just trying to capture that in a sticky statement, well, I've used this language of be your best while working at becoming your best. So All be right. your best today while working at becoming your best for tomorrow. Can I tell you what's running through my mind right now yeah. as well as I listen to you? I imagine a lot of our listeners, they're leading projects, they're leading teams, um, they're on the hook for leading something. And I'm reminded of this concept we've heard before, 360 degree leadership, which means you don't just lead down, you have mm-hmm. peers that you're influencing, you even have superiors that you want to influence as well. But at the heart of it all, you do have to lead yourself. And this feels like uh, it is at the, the very center of that 360-degree leadership concept. If you cannot lead yourself, you are not going to be fit to turn around and lead others. Uh, it's very true. And I even want just to build on that. Actually think about what that looks like in different roles in your life. I mean, I think we have roles as leaders, but some of us have roles as spouses and roles as parents and roles as um, siblings and you name it you've got all these different roles and if you think about it I go back to gosh this was probably I guess this was 20 years ago and 20 years ago my kids were like from ages 2 to 10 and I can remember in 2004 
is the first year that the five-hour energy drink came out. <laughs> and I can remember being was at the... Was that a threat to <laughs> Diet Mountain Dew for I'm, you or something? I'll be honest with you. It was just a quicker way to get to the Diet Mountain Dew effect. Okay. And so I can remember sitting at the end of my driveway, and I downed one of these five-hour energies. Now, you may ask why. Because I was about to pull into my house, and I knew what Gina was going through, having to raise, you know, these ages of 2 to 10. I knew what the demands were going to be that evening between soccer practice and getting meals and getting thin kids to bed. And I didn't have the energy, and I knew that I was going to have to be at my best in that moment right then. But it's fascinating. At the very same time, Gina and I were part of a small group, and we were part of a small group with parents 10 years older than us. And the only reason we wanted to be in that small group is because we were trying to anticipate what in the heck we were going to have to know as our kids got into middle school and high school to get ready for that. So it really does. I don't care if you're a parent, a teacher, a coach, a leader. There's an idea that we have to be at our best today, but at the same time, we've got to be working on what our best looks like for tomorrow in anticipation of what it is that is going to be required from us in the very near future. Yeah, I, I buy that. By the way, I want to let you off the hook a little bit. I keep a five-hour energy in my glove box in <laughs> my car. To. That's the greatest stuff on the planet. <laughs> we're, we're, I'm going somewhere late, and I don't, I'm not even sure I'll make it to the convenience store, right? So I just I got to get a hit. Just I got to keep up. going. Just a, little, just a little hit every yeah, now so, and again. So anyway, I just want you to know there's no shame <laughs> in that. I, I don't judge you. Uh, I love the idea of uh, thinking ahead. Uh, I'm all about that anyway. I, I actually think there's a leadership principle. If the better leaders don't look right in front of their path, they have to, but they don't just look there. They look out mid-range, and they even spend a portion of their time looking out into the long range. Uh, I, I think people that don't spend any time really trying to anticipate what's coming down the road and, and start to get ready for it now, I just feel like they're leaving something on the table. So this reminds me, David, of a time where we went out to San Francisco yep. and we went through the Nancy Duarte workshop. Do you remember that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, part of the reason. Tell we everybody did, who Nancy is. So yeah. Nancy Duarte, she's an, she's one of the foremost experts at communication. I mean, yep. she's got a workshop out there that is just top notch. She breaks down talk. She helps you think about how to say less or how to say more with less words. And it's just powerful. It was a great workshop. But here's what was fascinating. I think sometimes leaders, there's a presentation I've got next week and I've got to spend time. I got to work really hard this week just to be my best in anticipation of that presentation next week. But at the same time, I got to be thinking about five years from now, how do I want to be a better presenter? How do I want to think about a talk? How do I want to craft a communication differently? And that was what I recall when we went there. That was an attempt to think about who's the communicator I ultimately desire to be. Not who I am today, but who I'm trying to be for tomorrow. And I think it's examples like if you think about your life, the importance of working really hard today on the day-to-day, -day, but at the same time thinking about how am I working hard at becoming even better for tomorrow. Yeah, I, I think that's a great story. Um, in fact, I would tell you, I know I perform at my best when I don't just do one thing at a time. In other words, finish something, then move on and think about the next thing. But I almost work on multiple projects, endeavors, endeavors initiatives, whatever, in stages. 
Some that are due soon, I've got to be close to finished on. Some, I just start, and Jeff Henderson's taught me, just get it out there and start scratching out. Um, start noodling on it. Yeah, yeah, because then you'll become aware uh, as you go about your day, thoughts will hit you that will help you, uh, you know, generate a better uh, outcome. So keeping work in different stages and running basically a portfolio of, I'm using projects, thinking in the context of, of what most people do at work, but that helps me not just picking them off one at a time. Oh yeah, that's a, that's a great way to think about it. So as you think about this statement, be your best while working on becoming your best. Yeah, break that down. What's, so, that, what's that gonna look let like? Let me unpack some principles. And of all the places that I got some principles to kind of live out this idea, I got it. One of the things I love to do is I love movies. And the reason I love movies is because I love masterful stories and storytellers. And well-told told, told stories, I mean, just get me excited and energized. Um, and I actually think actors are really live out this principle really well. If you think about it, in the moment when the, when the director says action, that actor or actress has to be at their very best. They have to be dialed in and focused. At the same time, most actors and actresses actually have in their hand a script they're working on three years from now. They've got a story that they're thinking about two or three years and a character that they need to ultimately become to get there. So at the, at the time, they're working at being their very best on set, at the same time working on what, does that need, what do I need to be or look like in the very distant future. And so, so from all the places to get these principles, I actually got it from Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> And so um, I actually saw Matthew give his Oscar speech several years back when he won Best Actor for Dallas Buyers Club. He almost makes me want to buy a Lincoln. He <laughs> he's really good. Um, I have to say, I mean, he's, he's up on stage and he's talking about these principles. And he starts by saying there are three things in my life, three things in my life. I've got to have something to look up to, something to look forward to, and someone to chase. And he begins to unpack. And I would encourage you, if, you have, if you're close to your computer, and maybe when you park the car, Google Matthew McConaughey's acceptance speech. It's awesome. But he talks about something to look up to, really having a purpose in life. And he references his, his belief in God, but his purpose in life, and what does that purpose mean to you? What is driving you? If you're truly trying to be your best, and you're working on becoming your best, you need to have something in your life, like a personal purpose statement, that kind of drives that for you in your life. And we've talked about this on the podcast. And what are you doing? How do you, how do you spend some time crafting what your personal, personal mission or personal purpose statement looks like? Yep. And you've done a lot of work on that. Oh, yeah. And I, I think you got to have one for your life in, a, in the broadest sense. But if you're going to commit a lot of your time to some sort of endeavor or activity, you should do so with purpose around that as mm -hmm. well. You know, why do you work? Hopefully it's more than just uh, to make a living. Uh, sometimes that's necessary. Why do you choose to spend time in this um, community um, organization? Uh, what is the point? If you're going to 
plug in with your kids, you know, and go play soccer or um, Little League. What's the point? You yeah. Know? What, yeah, we're out there to have a good time, but are you trying to teach your kids something? Are you trying to influence other kids? I, so I, I'm, I'm a huge believer in well, that. And, and it's, it's the, you know, Simon Sinek talks about get to the why at the heart of everything. Yeah, start with your why. And the reason that's so important is there will be a point when you don't feel like you're at your best or you don't, you don't, you're not interested in working on becoming your best. Yep. And it's that purpose statement. It's that mission statement that will remind you, okay, why am I doing this in the first place? And so I think that's really important. So if you haven't crafted, there's a lot of resources out there around how to craft a personal purpose or a mission statement. And I want to encourage you, hey, we're getting into the last part of this year. Think about the, the impact that that could have in the year 2020 and, what, and beyond. I think there's always stuff in life that can get in the way of us being at our very best. I, I use the word friction a lot. And friction can be um, just something that was unplanned. You know, it's, uh, there's just um, a competing priority. Um, your car breaks down, yep. whatever it may be. There's all kinds of friction out there. It is the purpose, the why, that will power you beyond the friction sometimes. And you better have something, otherwise the friction's going to win. Absolutely. So the first one is something to look up to. The second principle is something to look forward to. Now, Matthew, when he unpacks this, he talks about what he looks forward to the most is his family. Um, I want to translate that and encourage you to translate that to what's the goal in your life? What, what, are you, what are you looking forward to? What are you trying to accomplish? I think it's really important that you have goals. So you've got a, you've got a mission statement or purpose statement that defines your why. But what are you going after? What's that goal in your life? And I think, you know, we've talked about this. You can, there are different areas of your life from physical to spiritual to emotional to family to you name it. There's different roles. What are each one of the goals in those areas? So, for example, I think at one point in time, you, I know you've had some physical goals, either to run races or to compete. But talk about the importance of goal setting. Well, as I'm listening, a story comes to mind. We live in Atlanta, and there's a gentleman who's kind of a famous uh, distance runner in Atlanta, Jeff Galloway. He was an Olympic marathoner, and uh, he then opened up one of the first real um, – running shoe stores you know they're more common now but right. he was way ahead of his time had this store called Pedipides. yeah jeff was just a really cool guy and i remember uh we'd run some marathons and i was uh had an opportunity to meet jeff talk to him i think you've met him as well and i was just kind of stuck and he goes what's your um what's your goal right now and i didn't really have a good answer to that i did not have a specific race or something that I was training for, and he was like, ah, you, you, you're not going to make a lot of progress right now. I mean, he was because you don't he, have a goal. Yeah, he was gracious about it, but he was speaking truth. If I if I had no mission, if I didn't have something that was going to um, motivate me and focus me, I was not going to get a lot of return for all the effort I was putting into my running, and it felt that way too. Um, so, therefore, I am a believer in this. Whether you're talking about a physical challenge, you know, if you go to the gym. Why do you go to the gym? Get clear. What's success look like? I drill it down to if someone wants to meet with me, I'm like, okay, that's great. And this sounds really harsh, and you're going to laugh at me because you're not wired this way. But I'm like, what's the point? Why me? You know, what? I know some people go, just to spend time together. I use that phrase every now and again, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I do get that. But in, let's think in a work context. What's where, the goal? Where you only yeah. have so much time, yeah. and you got to be mindful of, of using it in a, in a really productive way. It's just good stewardship. 
uh, I like to think, well, what are we, what are we doing this for? Yeah. What, what would success look like? Um, I mean, then that can be in your, I mean, honestly, your marriage, your family, your physical, your spiritual well-being. Well, but what's the goal? And it just, it really emphasizes this point of, in the importance of having something to look forward to. Yeah. So something to look up to, something to look forward to, and then someone to chase. And this is like my favorite part of his talk because what he starts to do, he talks about a story when he was 15. He had a mentor that asked him, who are you chasing? He said, well, let me think about it. I don't know. And you might think, well, it'd be somebody, you know, some uh, legend out there, some, you know, somebody that he respects or admires. But he came back, and about two weeks later, he said, same question, who, who are you chasing? He said, me, me in 10 years. And he's like, okay, so he comes back at age 25, and he goes, did you, did you get there? He goes, no, I didn't get there. I'm chasing me in 35 and 45. And the, the whole principle was who you need, we need to be chasing the person that we desire to be or the leader we desire to be five, ten years from now, what does that look like? And it's so important to have that person, an idea of who you desire to be ten years from now. Yep. And that's a powerful concept. And it really builds on this idea of not only do we need to be our best for today, but we've got to be working on who is it that we need to be for tomorrow. So I love that idea and I love that concept. And I think it's really powerful. And if you think about it, We've actually talked about this. I think it goes back to, as you think about the roles in your life, if you think about the leader that you want to be in 10 years, if you think about the parent you want to be in 10 years, if you think about the spouse you want to be in 10 years, if you think about the friend you want to be in 10 years, who is that person for you? Have you defined what that looks like? And, I mean, in a funny way, I've always said kind of my sticky statement around being a friend is I want to be a friend that you can call at 2 o'clock in the morning and say, bring a shovel, a tarp, and a bag of lye. <laughs> and if you can, that, I, for me, that clearly identifies who the friend that I need to be for somebody. And I got to work towards that. Like, you know what friends do? They linger on the phone. They love having conversations. You can pick up the phone anytime and call them. They show up when most needed. They show up at birthdays. They show up when they're needed most. That's the friend that I want to be. And it helps me kind of shoot for who is that someone I'm trying to chase? Shane, I can say if I called you up and said, hey, get up, bring this stuff, you would actually think, this is so much cooler than just sleeping. <laughs> I'm in. I'm, I'm not saying we wouldn't have a strong accountability conversation yeah. afterwards, yeah. but I would show up, I promise you. You would. I, I, I do believe that. And I know you would for me, too, and that's what I love about our friendship. You would have a better attitude about it, I will say that. <laughs> Why is he getting up, be up at 2 o'clock in the morning? But I do think there are, I want to be a dad, my kids love to hug. Yeah. I know what that looks like, and I can envision, and once you get statements built, you can start to envision who you're going to be in 10 years. I'm going to have... Well, I don't have any hair, but I'm going to have, you know, really gray beard. My daughter's going to come up to me. I can see her putting her arms around me and just saying, Dad, I've missed you so much. I love you so much. And I'm like, I know what that looks like. And so what does that look like for you? What, what do those roles need to look like for you as you think about who you need to be in 10 years? You started by using the analogy of you're a parent and you've got kids that are, let's just say they're young, five years old. I'll pick five. But what's it going to look like in 10 years when they're 15? Well, play that out. When, you're, when they're really young, 
um, they just sort of naturally look up to you. As they become older, wiser, they become adults, they have all kinds of different experiences. It's almost like you, they're still gonna look up and respect you, but you do have to kind of earn it at another level. And I'm sitting here thinking, I wanna be the kind of father, parent, where my kids continue mm. to think of me as a mentor and a role model when they're well into their adult years and they know a lot more and they're exposed to things I'm not exposed to. So that's a significant challenge for me to, to really kind of work on my game and not lose it and not go from uh, sort of being the one they might look up to where there's I kind of fall off, you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't want to fall off. Well, and, and I know from personal experience in our friendship, I see you chasing that all the time, and I love that. Um, you know, and as leaders, as we get back to just conversations around leadership, who's the leader that you need to be, that your organization needs you to be five, ten years from now? And are you working on that? If you need to be a really good communicator, if that's what it's going to take, what are you doing today to start working towards that? Because that won't happen overnight. And it definitely won't happen when you need it most if you haven't spent some time working on it. So I think these ideas are pretty powerful, and it builds on this bigger idea of we've got to be our best while working at becoming our best. And again, you've got to have something to look up to. You've got to work on your purpose. You've got to have something to look forward to. You need to work on those goals. And then you've got to have someone to chase. And so... As we kind of finish up our time, I want to leave you with a challenge. David and I want to leave you with a challenge. And it's the same challenge we've kind of been leaving for ourselves as well. And, and it's really this. Over the next 30 days, take some time and specifically set some time. So I want you to do three things. I want you to set it. I want you to see it. And we want you to share it. Okay, so the first thing is we talk about setting it. I really want to challenge you over the next 30 days, take about two days Tuck, figure out a way to take two days, carve out two days to think about who you need to be for 2020 because it's in October and it's appropriate time to think about it, as well as take another day to just think about who you want to be over the next 10 years, these roles that you have in your life, and what are the goals that you're setting, what's your purpose statement, what's the goal, and then who are you chasing, what does that look like? And typically, this is about the time of year that we all kind of do this together, right? We, yeah. we go off and we, we put our plans together, but it's around this idea of you gotta set aside time to do that. Yeah, and I, hey, I'll throw out some categories where if you're stuck going, ah, I think I got this, let me just throw out some areas where maybe there's an opportunity for you to get a little more focused. So there's certainly, um, how are you doing on your work? How are you doing on leading your team, if you're leading a team in your work? But let's get beyond work. Uh, what about relationships? If you're married, how are you doing in uh, your marriage? Or if you're a parent, how are you doing as uh, a mom or a dad? How are you doing in your physical uh, realm, spiritual realm? What about social? What about finances? Drill down even further, you know. Is there some activity you're spending time on um, and you need to think about a goal uh, and a future version of yourself in that room. I love it. I love it. So, so that, that whole idea of pick one. setting aside time to dive into those topics, I think is super important. And creativity only happens in margin. You have to create time to be able to do that. So we really want to encourage you over the next 30 days, set some time aside. The next thing is see it. 
And this really is just visualizing that and writing it down. Put it down on paper so you can actually see it. You know, one of the, the folks that I can't, that I have the hardest time lying to is myself. Yep. Um, when I look in the mirror or I read something that I wrote, it's hard to lie to myself. This is what I said I was trying to accomplish. It's so helpful to actually write it down. And you can put, the, you know, you've heard all the tips and tricks. You can put it on your mirror. You can put it in your car. You can put it in a notebook. But writing it down on a piece of paper, a template, a basic plan is so helpful and needed. Um, one of the things that we've had the opportunity to do is to do some coaching together. And uh, we've been encouraged over the years, everything from little pamphlets that are 90-day planners where you check things off for 90 days because we know if you do something for 90 days, it really does become a very, very strong habit. But there's power in writing your goals down and reviewing them on a regular basis. Yeah. And tracking sometimes. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, we all use different tools. I've, I've gone to using OneNote a lot, and it's really cool. I can create charts in there. I can pull pictures. It's almost yep. like the electronic bulletin board. If, the, if I need a visual to kind of motivate me and keep me focused, I can just go grab a, an image and pull it right into OneNote. But I keep trackers in there, too, on the stuff that I say I'm important to. Just so I get to the end of the week, I can look back and go, how'd I do? How'd I do? And, and the importance of writing it down allows you to track it, right? Yeah. And, you know, I, I can be honest with myself. Nobody else is looking at it. It's just, for me, it's just a way to help me see, yeah, am, I, am I being who I want to be? Am I doing what I say I want to do? If not, what happened? You know, is there a way I can work around that? It's great. Yeah. So we talked about setting it. We talked about seeing it. Talk a little bit about sharing it. Why is it important to, once you get it written down, why is it important to share it, David? Well, there's just enormous power and accountability, particularly if you've got somebody who you know you can trust. They uh, really have your best interest at heart. Uh, I, I can think on s so many different realms. I get a better outcome if I can partner up with somebody and we can play off of one another. And in an area where I'm weak, they can they can encourage me or coach me and vice versa. So sharing it um, just takes it to another level. Um, you feel sometimes like I'm not just doing it for me, but I'm doing it because I told like if I share something with you, I told Shane I was going to do it. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to disappoint Shane either. So. Well, and again, we've had the opportunity to do this for a lot of years. And uh, one of the things that has been so special to me is the ability to not only set goals and plan, but more importantly, the accountability. And yeah. when you share it with people, whether that's a small group at work, that may be some close friends, uh, that may be an accountability partner. But, I mean, just sharing, it creates that natural cadence of accountability that I think is so powerful. And so David's going to occasionally go, I can remember for about four years in a row I set a goal to do an Ironman. And David would occasionally go, how's that training going? <laughs> and finally, thank goodness, I did do it a couple of years ago. But it was That's that, a podcast episode, was, by the way. Was, you can go back and listen to Shane. I'm telling you, I just got tired of telling you that I hadn't done it yet. The things yeah. had happened and I couldn't get it done, you know. But I'm it, over here like... No, I didn't run an Ironman, but at least I don't go around talking about like I'm going to run one. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So that is done. That is taken care of. Um, but there's power in all three of these concepts, and, and I just want to encourage you and, and challenge you. We really do want to challenge you because you're in a great season right now to be thinking about this. So set it, set it, set aside some days, 
you got to see it, write it down, and then share it with some people. And I really want to encourage you over the next 30 to 45 days, work on that. It'll be powerful. And so that kind of leads us I, a little Can I share bit. something yeah, before you? Because I know you're about to transition. One, this just hit me, but just listening. Um, I actually think sometimes the best part is the journey itself. It's not just Amen. knocking it out and getting to check the box. That is cool. I like to check the box. I'm worried, you know, that's, that's, we know you are OCD tendency in in, in me, but I actually think the journey, the progress, the the dreaming, all of that, that's actually the good stuff. Um, there's enormous satisfaction that can come from actually achieving it. And I think that actually enables you to think about a a bigger challenge. It, It helps you build resilience, confidence, all of that. But, um, if you are not engaged in really getting after it in some area of your life, you're just missing out on, I think, some great fun. Yeah, you really are. It's so true. And so, you know, again, in the spirit of trying to be our best while at the same time working on becoming our best, um, we're trying to exemplify that here at Launch University. And so we've got a bit of an announcement to make, and we're going to put you on a little bit of a cliffhanger because we're going to launch something new uh, here on November the 1st. First, that's right. And so we're really excited about it. We encourage you to tune in on that day um, as we take our next step in our journey as leaders, um, and we're learning along with you. And so we want you to know that we're constantly trying to work on how are we working on being our best for you right now, but at the same time working on becoming our best for the leader that you're going to need us or that you're wanting to be and you're going to need us to help you be in the very distant future. Yeah. Um, you know, I went back and looked at some of the things we've done over the last, say, three years. We've got almost 150 podcasts wow. that we've recorded um, along with Kevin Jennings and, some awesome and Jeff Henderson. That's for sure. It's been fun. Yeah, there's great stuff out there. And you know, one of the uh, selfishly, one of the reasons to do that is it just forced us to grow and it's given us the opportunity and the excuse to engage and talk with some really cool people that have taught us a ton. Um, so there's great stuff out there, but we're sitting here going, okay, but what's the next step? Yep. And, and we don't want to just uh, be idle. We want to uh, evolve. And so that's what we're going to try to do. Uh, you can see how we uh, see if we do well at that yeah. or if we struggle, but we hope we're going to do well. So stay tuned, watch your social media, uh, check back with the podcast, and we'll see what happens over the next 30 Looking days. Looking forward to it. November the 1st. Yeah, well, thanks again for just taking the time to tune in with us. Would love it if you just encourage a friend, family member, coworker to do the same. Uh, when some of you guys come up and you'll just send us word or you'll, you'll speak to us if you see us in person and you'll tell us, Uh, what it means you do not know how much that means to us that is the fuel to kind of keep going so uh, thank you for that and again uh, we're honored that you choose to be with us hope this uh, episode is going to help you as you close out the year thinking about how you can be your best thanks for listening to the launch university podcast we hope it's helped you move from go-getter to difference maker be sure to subscribe on itunes and leave a review For more helpful resources, visit launchuniversity.com.